I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is really I'm just that sad. Is really sad. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good. This is Big Bloom, bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha packs, exploring their F3 experiences, and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. On this episode, we've got a guy, we've been trying to connect with this guy for a long time, and he's, he's been uh, really busy, so I'm grateful that we have a chance to, to talk today. I uh, know this guy because he's been doing F3 for uh, over four years, um, but I had a chance, um, you know, our team actually just won the Brick Builder event. Uh, no, I don't think we won, but uh, he was on my Brick Builder team. Um, we gave it a yeah, we gave it a shot. We, you know, I've, I've shared many runs and conversations with this guy, and uh, I've just been impressed by by the way he lives his life, the example he sets. So, TC is on the call today, and um, TC, we're happy to have you. And I think just where we like to start off is with your uh, story of who EH'd you, if you remember the, the first workout, uh, and then share with us the name TC. Where does that come from? Amen. Thank you for your leadership. The plague. And Pony, who's not able to join us today, is making me super sad. But this is super cool what you guys are doing with the podcast. I enjoy listening to it. So it's an honor to be here. Thank you for inviting me. We made it happen, finally. That's right. Here we are. Yeah, so four years ago, this past June, I started F3. But let me back up a little bit before that. My buddy Cyclone and I were running a 10K, the cornfield, the cornfield. Uh, which was in May, in May, I think. And we got done with the race and we we're having a nice cold beer under the tent and telling stories and watching the beautiful people. And there was this swole looking dude walking by with this black t-shirt. I just happened to notice what it said on the back. It said something about fitness and fellowship and F you know, Omaha. So he walked by, he's like, what, what is that? So we had our beer and then he comes walking back and being my extroverted self, just said, hey, hey, buddy, come here. What's this t-shirt you got? Huh? What's it, what is this thing? And it, and it was Tonight's show. Nice. And being the, the him that he is, uh, didn't hesitate to stop and chat it up and knelt down eyeball to eyeball and told Cyclone and I all about it. And was like, huh, all right then. So I went, I don't know, it was maybe the next week. I just picked a date and showed up. It was a small group at, uh, I think, what used to be the afternoon version of Cornhusker Handicap. And wait time and Selleck and some others there that I, Kurds and some people that had moved away. And we had a great workout. It was all good. Took me back to my army roots. We had a a good sweat. And it came to be Namorama time. And... You know, I told them all about my my backstory. Like, I grew up in Alaska, the youngest 10 kids on a dairy farm. I thought for sure there'd be a great Alaska name, like Sourdough or Klondike or something like that. And then, you know, a little farther, I said, yeah, and I spent some time in the arm. I flew helicopters, and I'm manufacturing, yada, yada, yada. Well, I was standing next to Selleck. So we had this Magnum PI flare in the in the air. And wait time didn't hesitate. 
and just threw out TC. It took me a while. I was like, what are you talking about? What's TC? Well, that Magnum PI's helicopter pilot's name was TC. Okay. And that's, you know, there was no discussion as how Namoramas go to fight back. It's like, wait, what about Sourdough or my childhood nickname? They're like, yeah, we don't want to hear about that. You're going to be TC. So, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, uh, as, as everyone's experience has been, I'm sure that when you get named, it's weird not for like, you know, whatever, okay, whatever. <laughs> but you take it and you go. And then later on, as things evolve, you come to really appreciate it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, just in light of recent events with Roger Mosley, the OG TC passed away this past week at the age of 83. And spending a little bit of time reflecting on who that man really was or the character that he played is, um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's actually a real, really cool honor. And I'm proud to have the name, you know. Hopefully I can live up to the ideal of, of the guy who's always got the heroes back. He's got, you know, Magnum PI was the man. TC was the man behind the man. Yeah. And that is a role I, I relish, and, and it's a great honor to to have that name. Yeah, thanks for asking. So here we are. So is that why so I have to ask, because you're often the guy that will, somebody says, hey, I need some help with, and you say, you say let me be your, your Huckleberry, right? That's kind I'll, of be your, I'll be your Huckleberry. Yeah, I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, we just talked about this at Paradise Island this week, because it was um, QSource 3.1 about shared leadership. And that was my message that, you know, especially knowing my profession where I'm a coaching consultant, where my job is to help people, you know, leadership teams get better. And that, you know, re re recognizing that one of the greatest honors in life is when someone asks you to help them, mm. that yeah. someone trusts you enough that they see something in you that is of value to them. And what a what a blessing that is, you know. You think of think about those times in your job, maybe or your family or your job specifically. You might be doing some work, and your boss comes up and says, "Hey, Brennan, I'm working on this thing. Kind of struggling over here. Can you come take a look at this for me? What do you think?" It's like, wow, the boss cares what I think, <laughs> right? It's it's the spirit of that yeah. that when when someone needs help and they reach out to you to see that as a huge sacred honor mm. and a blessing, you know? So yeah, yeah that's it, man. Okay. Now, just as a side note too, because we're talking about names, it's I, I like to have a little fun with TC as well, because TC is like, well, what does that stand for? Well, whatever the hell I want it to stand for. <laughs> you know, formally Theodore Calvin, if you want to get technical, but it could be, you know, total chaos, yeah. terrible, terrible <laughs> catastrophe. <laughs> Yeah. The curse. You know, cool. Yeah, it, it goes on and on. I've got a list, I've got a list of words anyway. Yeah, I love but that. Sometimes I'll throw that out and it trips people up. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I love that mentality too of just you know service towards other people and and realizing. I mean, you're you're right. I mean, I think that's we all desire this kind of level of of respect or you know acceptance and there's i don't know what says that better than somebody asking you for help i mean that's yeah that's that's phenomenal um yeah. so, you know so before you started f3 you you were already doing some running or you know and, and had experience in the army so from a fitness perspective where were you at when you started uh, doing f3 workouts oh i'm 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 the yo-yo man 
tenfold, brother, like up and down, get fat and overweight and say, this is no good. And I go hardcore diet, exercise, and get all lean and fit, and then it falls apart again. So I, I, I've been yo-yo man ever since I got out of the army. At least the army, like, you didn't have a choice, brother. Six, six o'clock every morning, you, you're going to be there. And if you're not, there's a big, there are big serious consequences, right? The accountability was high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're in roles like as a company commander or a lieutenant as a platoon leader. It's like, you're the leader. Yeah, you better show up. You better be there on time. Um, but when when I left the army, yeah, man, I, I took a, a good corporate cubicle job as an engineer and thinking about my life. <laughs> I didn't exercise anymore. A funny story after I got out of the army and I was in this engineering job for a few weeks and I had this daydream. I was like, holy shit, here I am in cubicle farm. It's not in the army flying helicopters anymore. I literally got a paper cut in my cubicle and I wanted to stand up and yell, medic! <laughs> I didn't. I kept it under control. Um, but no, I, I've always been, you know, the, the flux guy in that regard. So prior to F3, uh, there was a period where I was... I did hardcore P90X and didn't drink for a long time and ate really well, got super fit. And then I finished P90X and that ended. <laughs> and, and then, but right before I joined F3, it was, uh, I was going to the Y, hitting a workout, 5.30 in the morning with a bunch of women, mm -hmm. a couple of guys in the class. It was, they were great workouts. I mean, they absolutely would smoke me. And I, I fell into the habit of that. Mm. And it was working really well. Um, and then when F3 came along, it was that good, you know, as good of a workout. But, you know, you know where we're going, right? But outside with a group of men and you, there's a relationship. So now we're stepping into the second F, like everybody experiences, you know, uh, and reflecting back on that time when you're working out at the YMCA, it's a really great workout. With no workouts done, everyone suits up and leaves. Mm -hmm. And like, you don't really get to know people, not even the instructors, you know? So that was always a, you know, maybe a, a something that's missing in that environment that F3 is magical. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and have you, I'm, I'm assuming here, but did, have you read Free to Lead? I mean, as you read that story, or it, just as I'm hearing your story, there's several elements that I hear you kind of touching on that they, they call out. What did, when you read that, what was your experience? Do you identify with a lot of that? Yeah, no, I, I like Free to Lead. It's got some great points and lessons about life there. And the, what do they call it? The Pogo 40 or something like that. The yo-yo, the Pogo 40. It's like, yeah, that's me. Uh, it's also, you know, points in your life where you are inappropriately trying to control everything in your career and your what you're doing and you don't have the right support network around you you do but you're not using it you know and you're driving and driving and trying to achieve and achieve and achieve and actually maybe you can get some success out of that um you know the, the the lone warrior the lone man that goes into town and solves problems and like it's just such a myth mm -hmm. um and that was me i was a very achievement oriented person in my career and the things i was doing um so yeah so the book resonated to me in that regard yeah what about the second half so you mentioned you know being able to build some relationships i mean how how did that progress for you like as you look back over the, the last four years i mean so cyclone right you brought him along at some point or um oh, 
Yeah, but what's that, what is it, how have you experienced that second half? Oh man, the second half is so powerful, as we all know. Um, I am uh, an extrovert, if you didn't know. Like I'm pretty sociable, pretty easy to talk to people, not shy. Uh, so the second half comes easy for me in those kind of environments. If you're in a group of men and they're having fun and laughing and joking, it's super easy. Um, and I've always been like that. I've always been the kid playing soccer, doing sports or in high school where I got along with everybody. I got along with the jocks and the, the stoners and the nerds. It didn't matter. I could mix that. So I've always found uh, that to be easy. And in F3, it's even easier because these are just, it's just such a collection of great human beings. Hmm. And, and, I, and I've said this before in other circles that one of the things I hate about F3 is that there are so many great guys, you can't get to know them all well. Oh, no. And you want to, but there's just not enough capacity and time. So as you, you have to choose, unfortunately, um, to some degree, what level of intimacy you can have with guys, you know? But you know their names, you know something about them from the workouts and the COTs, and at least to some degree, you know something about that man. Mm -hmm. And there's a connection there just, just because we're part of this together. Right. I may not know everything about you and your backstory and what's going on, but we know enough. We know enough to respect and support each other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is interesting because I've often felt like, um, like that's been a barrier to the like developing a shield lock for some guys is, is they're like, well, there's just so many people I would like to have in my shield lock, but, but you can't have everybody in your shield lock. And I right. just, I, no, I'm with you. Yeah. What do you feel like you were able to have you found a like a group of guys you've been able to kind of share more intimately with, or what was your process for or did that just develop kind of organically over time? Well, I would say I had that before F3. Okay. You know, Waffle House, Cyclone, and a couple of people that aren't in F3 are part of our village, you know. Mm -hmm. It's um, other families of the same generation if you will and their kids all had same experiences and you become you know not just parents of your kids friends but friends you know kids grow up and go away but those relationships you have with those other people are really strong so cyclone and waffle house and matt hospital who's not an f3 who i'd love to come and some other people um are, are in that circle so coming to f3 uh, is obviously a huge blessing because you can add to that. Mm -hmm. um, and there's some guys, there's too many to name. And as soon as I start naming guys, I'm going to, I'm going to be disappointed afterwards. I didn't name them, no. but there are people you, yes, you have a stronger relationship with mm -hmm. just to hit a couple of Vandalay, like he talks, we, we pre-run when we can. Um, khakis, chiclets, you know, these 50 something year old, guys that we have something in common and once in a while um we'll connect and do something more than just the workout and that's awesome that's yeah. awesome that's really really good how has the um the respect pop-up stuff been been going do you feel like that's been another layer of kind of developing relationships among guys with a shared kind of generation or experience no oh, heck yeah yeah no that's super special just to break away and talk about things that are obviously 
much more relevant to the 50 plus year old group than the 20 plus year old group and um you know health and life and kids and parents aging and all of that transition of life is, is significant and to have the opportunity to talk about those things in that kind of um, environment is healthy and yeah. just yeah helpful it's really good um while we're on the topic of pop-ups and special things i, I want to publicly make a, a challenge here and in um Mac and cheese has already been given the challenge by me directly, but I want to throw a uh, dome into this circle okay. that I think it would be cool if there was a hate pop-up. Oh, yeah. You know, the 20-something pop-up that just the young dudes are getting together for the similar purpose. And the reason I, that I was inspired for this was uh, I invited a young man named Banksy to F3, and he is dating the daughter of one of the village elders that is one of my best friends and he's in town. He moved to Omaha about three or four weeks ago. His girlfriend isn't here right now. He's kind of on his own. Yeah. And, and so the parents said, Hey, why don't you invite Dewey, Yui to a workout? And I did. And he showed up and now he's coming. It's like, and you need to meet some guys your age. <laughs> he's 23. It's like, I'm glad you want to hang out and work out with me. This is awesome. I'll do that. But so just the, so dome and mac and cheese, it's on you. All right. Throwing it out there. Hope you accept the challenge to create yeah. a, a space and environment that's kind of special for the 20-somethings. I love that. I we I think we interview mac and cheese next week, so I'll be sure to, to ask. Oh, them. good. Good. I, good. You know, yeah. We have these guys that we do have like some of these cohorts of guys. I was talking to a, a friend of mine who's in F3, and one of his struggles was like, I'm a single guy, you know, so, you know, single guy, mid thirties, who, who do I hang out with? Right. Like I can't go to your house and hang out with your wife and your kids. Yeah, with your, your, your wife and your baby, your two, your toddlers. And I think the big thing was, he's like, I want to do so. I want to hang out with people and do something other than just go hang out at the bar, you know? And so, yeah, amen. Right. So, like-minded people that are your age, but it may be a, in that similar situation. So I, I think we have a ton of opportunity there, um, you know, and the respect yeah. pop-up is a good example for that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, um, you know, so so talk me through, you know, I think faith is, is one of those concepts. Some guys, you know, are really put off by that, maybe don't participate in F3 because of, of that faith word. Um, but from your perspective, you know, I guess where were you at from a faith perspective before and, and how has or has F3 done anything to kind of help steward your relationship with, with uh, SkyQ? Oh, yeah, it, 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 it's enhanced it in a, in a tremendous way. Um, born and raised Catholic, French Polak. Okay. Grandparents on my mom's side are Polish. My dad's, it's a French name. Uh, so I grew up Catholic, man, traditional, big family, go to church every Sunday, midnight now, all of that stuff come from her. Like raised our kids Catholic. And a few years ago, we, my wife and I decided to step away from the Catholic church because of different things. Um, but that doesn't diminish my faith in Christianity. I'm a Christian man. And I would add that I am an open-minded Christian man. I am open to learn and explore spirituality 
and the connection to the spirit, mm. to the connection to the great one in whatever channel and form that might present itself. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I'm a Christian. And I think there's more. There's more things for us to discover and learn. So if in F3, that opens those doors and, and we're doing that, great. I will tell you, Brandon, that F3 is my church. Mm. Yeah. When I, it's, you know, I joke when, when guys are launching the workout and we do the five core principles, we hit COT and I would say, that's my favorite part because mm -hmm. it is. When we come back around the COT and we group around a prayer, that's church. And, yeah. Um, and this is where we're practicing. It's where I practice my faith. Is this is this is my church, and you know, just accepting that blessing to be able to practice your faith in a complete non-traditional sort of way. That you know, um, and it's working for me. Yeah. Um, those prayers and practicing your faith in that way uh, is working for me. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I love that, you know, that example. And I, I think of, you know, the other person that, that you mentioned that um, that you're really close with. That's just a, a good example of somebody that has a strong faith is, is Waffle House, you know, thinking about everything he's been through and just, um, you know, so I, I think it's cool for, for younger guys, even, you know, guys, you know, kind of my age, middle age to see, you know, guys in our respect group um, that have experienced life and the application of faith and different kind of, you know, religions and, and really, um, you know, just sharing your perspective on that, I think is so helpful. And I, again, to the, you know, the, the hate group, uh, you know, let's help those guys learn before they get married, before they have kids, before, you know, I, I think if we can um, provide an insight there, but I wanted yeah. to get your perspective because, um, I just see, you know, Waffle House has impacted so many guys, just his, his example of faith, but as a close friend of his, I mean, how did that, you know, all of the events and stuff that, that he had gone through, I mean, from your perspective, because you were really this liaison to F3 between, you know, Waffle and um, how, how was that event from your perspective, just everything that happened with him? Share. You know, Doug and Connie White have been personal friends for a long time. Our kids grew up together, went to the same schools. We went to the same church. They taught our kids in CCD. We jointly taught confirmation class. And um, so, yeah, but we, we know who they are, what they're about. We know their families and their, their moms and dads and their cousins and all of that. And, you know, have a close personal relationship with a man like Waffle House. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough when you're so many love gets life altered in a big way. Um, but what do you do, man? Uh, you take the next step. You step into that and you support them however you can and just be there, you know? Yeah. Um, but he'll be the first one to show up and say, you know, with a smile on his face and ask what we're going to do next. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, and, and just be there. It's not about the injury. It's just we're still humans and we still have a relationship and friends. And yeah, he, he's paralyzed. 
Um, that doesn't change the relationship. Um, other than we got to haul his ass around once in a while, to get him up and down stairs and all that kind of thing. But, but life is good, brother, and we're still blessed. And his spirit continues to resonate through me and our friends and the F3 channels. And um, that's, that's good, right? So, yeah. Yeah, well, that's all good. I, you know, Just being real about it. You know, there's no fake in it. There's no beating around the bushes it, it happened this is new reality deal with it mm-hmm. moving on yeah and uh deal with it with a smile on your face if you're hanging out with waffle house and that group of group of people you know there's no boohoo and and wallowing in in our you know you know victimhood it's not that yeah it's not that. I, I love that and just a great example of, of adversity and i think from your perspective how to how do you support a friend, you know, that has that happen? And, um, you know, I think, so thinking about just your, your relationship and then, uh, kind of your, um, transition to, to leading a, a site kind of alongside him, curious if you can talk to us about that. What was that experience like? I did all the work. What are you talking about? Waffle House didn't do anything. The truth comes out. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. You know, the inspiration of having something downtown, not knowing how the park things and construction was going to blow up our plans or whatever. Um, but just recognizing that um, he was going to be moving down there and having a site near somewhere convenient for him mm-hmm. uh, was kind of the original inspiration for that. Uh, but now that we're in the Gene Leahy Mall, it's uh, becoming more of a reality and you know, the canyon will continue to grow, I'm sure, as we attract more him to that site. And it's a great place to spend a Saturday. If you haven't been, F3 Paxers of Omaha, come on down to the canyon once in a while. I'll be queuing uh, Oscar Mike this Saturday, and there's a shovel flying past this Saturday. So nice. hopefully we'll see some new guys down there. It's yeah. yeah, it's pretty awesome. So just that joint leadership, was it was easy, man. It was easy. And you get someone you just trust and they trust you and we just bounce it. We didn't take it too seriously, you know, just show up Saturday, guys, and let's work out. You yeah. know, we get it, we gotta move it, we move it, go over to the gallop and all that. It just worked. It just worked. Yeah. Cyclone was part of that too. Remember, he was part of that joint the trio joint shared leadership team and running the canyon. So um, yeah, it was fun and easy. And then you get the new guys and you know the, the other half of the group, the normals out there, or the, or the, the group, <laughs> the, the youngins. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's been a lot of fun um, having that having that group of guys show up consistently has been great. And that, that's where you get to know people. You know, it's like we're hitting the rally every Saturday and spending a good long coffee rama downtown yeah. with guys and sharing their stories. And yeah, it's good. What, tell us about the name. So I don't think everybody knows the story of where did the canyon come from or what, what inspired that name? We had so many good ideas for the name of that site all around the place. Well, yeah, I mean, if people don't know, downtown Omaha used to be called Jobbers Canyon because of the old industrial buildings that were big and tall and square and went for a couple of miles. It was looked like the canyon, so Jobbers Canyon. So that's the spirit of, of the name is to, you know, be downtown where the old Jobbers Canyon used to be. And obviously it's a pun because there is no canyon in the middle of Nebraska along the banks of the river. 
but yeah, yeah but we we we're, we I think one of the names was the van, <laughs> you know, from, from the Saturday Night Live skit. Down by and the river. Living in a van down by the river. Yeah. You don't get your act straight. I love that. Well, and it, and it does, I would say, for my time, you know, the times I've posted there, the best uh, sunrises in the, in the Midwest, I mean, man, it, like running along the river and seeing the sun come up is, uh, yeah, there's nothing like it. Um, Hitting the bridge, going, you got to go over the bridge, especially if you got new guys, you got to give them a good view. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. You, can, you can be, have one foot in Iowa, one foot in Nebraska, right, at the same time. That's right. That's right. And when the when that whole park opens up, it's going to be awesome because you'll be going straight from Gene Leahy all the way down to the bridge and back. So, yeah, the adventure continues to expand and get better. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So, so I wonder if we could get uh, some free free leadership consulting here from you because I, I know that's your expertise. But as you look at F three and our kind of strategy for building leadership. Anything you see there that maybe we need to look at or could be doing better or, or um, I don't know, or do we need to pay for that kind of advice? Oh, wow. Well, yeah, uh, I'll give you maybe such a big question. Yeah. Like, you're, you're the expert, I though. Start. I want to pick your brain. Okay. Well, it, um, consistent with F3, leadership is influence. Hmm. And I, I love I love the model, the idea of influencing other people to move towards some purpose, thing, some advantage. Hmm. Yeah, this is the definition of leadership from F three, and it's true, regardless of F 3s definition. The spirit of leadership is to influence another human being to do something, hopefully for the purpose of some advantage, mm-hmm. not for evil. Yeah. Um, and we do that virtuously because mm-hmm. we can be an effective leader without virtue. I can get you to move. I can influence you with a stick or a carrot or a gun, perhaps, yeah. or a whip. Yeah. Uh, but that probably won't last. And we probably, maybe we'll achieve something together, but it won't be lasting, it won't leave a legacy. So if we want to move and influence people to some advantage for some some higher power, some higher purpose, some bigger legacy, then the by the method by which we influence is becomes the, the key, the key point. And we do that virtuously. If you want to take the F3 model, it's courage, candor, commitment, consistency, and contentment. The five C's of virtue. Substitute that with whether virtue is important to you, right? What are your values? What are you about? How do you want to do the work and influence people with that spirit and behavior? Um, you know, I coach leadership for my clients, and I use that model because I think it's useful and it's a good vocabulary for leaders to, to have and think about. But the behavior of leadership and our influence. So what does candor really look like? What does consistency really look like? What does contentment really look like when I'm influencing people? And what are the behaviors that support that? So some simple tactical things would be, you know, shout outs and recognitions. If you see a behavior that's good, acknowledge it, see it. Yeah. 
And consistent with F3 and accountability, if you see a behavior that's not cool, graciously tell the truth and call it out. We don't accept that behavior here, mm. right? And that's what leadership does. Leadership is a conversation. Yeah. Um, I can teach you the project management tools and methods and tactics. That's fine. We need that too. We need to know how to manage a project and solve problems and do root cause analysis and all those kinds of things. And I have to be able to influence a human being in the work. So it's, it's that conversation we're going to have to influence you to take action. Mm. Um, you know, I like the idea of exhortation and, you know, the bait with the four skills of leadership, vision, articulation, persuasion, and exhortation. We get to that point where someone actually starts to take action. If you don't recognize it, don't expect more of it. Right. So when I see somebody struggle in, in their in their movement towards this purpose we're trying to achieve, then you got to be all over that. Like not just recognize it, but recognize it strongly. Yeah. I challenge my teams too. It's like exhortation is encouragement on steroids. If we use that vocabulary from F3, encouragement on steroids. And they're like, really? Do you really have to do it that hard? It's like, you know what? Why don't you test me? <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you try it out? I would love to hear someone come back and tell me that they were encouraging someone so hard that they were told to back off. That hasn't happened yet. Oh, yeah. So why don't you test it? Hmm. And when, when you do, it'll be fun and funny. Yeah. We can talk about it. But then you'll know like what the limits are about how much you need to encourage people in the work. So those things. Um, and then I would add coaching to that. So there's recognition of good behaviors. There's correction of bad behaviors. And there's coaching. And coaching is about two things, performance coaching. So if you are coachable and you want to learn and I happen to know the right way to do it and you're open to that, I'll tell you, here's what you need to do. Mm. But oftentimes people are not coachable in that traditional sense because they're ambivalent towards the change we're trying to make and they're different or they're, they're not sure about it. So I got to coach you in a different way around open-ended questions to get you to see what, what the challenge is and what you need to do to work through this change because I can't, there's nothing I can tell you to do that you're going to listen to. Hmm. So coaching kind of comes in two, two colors, coaching for the coachable and coaching for the uncoachable. Hmm. And there's tactics and things we can do that will help with that. So it's a conversation. It would just summarize, put a period on that whole discussion. Leadership is influenced through a conversation. And if you aren't willing to get eyeball to eyeball and get intimate and vulnerable with your people, yeah, what are you left with? Yeah. Wow. I love that. And that's partly why I wanted to ask you that question, um, just because I know you have so much wisdom in that area. Um, and, and, you know, I think as a, as a, so I manage a group of people, um, you know, but something I've often recognized about F3 is the, the relationships I have with other guys make make some of those pieces a little easier right so it's easy for yeah, me to, yeah. you know to give you feedback or, or coaching or and i think a lot of the guys in f3 are are coachable but um yeah i just i love your your wisdom there and the you know i think sparty always mentions this too is like the the some of the q source topics and some of that stuff a lot of it applies both in f3 but it also applies outside of f3 so i, I love that you've done that if if um you know, not that this is a necessarily a plug, but I think we've had other guys on the show that have a professional skill. And, and so we, you know, if guys want to reach out to you and, and engage in a kind of coaching uh, discussion, is that an option or how do we do that? Absolutely. 
Of course. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's my purpose. Yeah. My purpose and my passion. Yeah. So, you know, I will entertain any question people need help with. Um, yeah. You know, you said relationship, like, and this is key. I can't graciously tell you the truth in an effective way if we don't have relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, trust is built on, on that relationship. And so if you haven't spent some time with your people to get to know who they are and how they think and where their strengths are and where their weaknesses are and really know each other, then it's hard to get to that place where we can have trust and productive conflict and accountability. Um, So you spend some time. It takes time. And that position of leadership needs to get to relationship, which means I got to invest time with people to get to know them. So then you know how much I love you. You know how much I care about you personally. And when you know that, now we can get into conflict and accountability and we're going to be healthier because you know I'm not doing it to be a jerk. I'm doing it for a mutual success to help each other get along. Um, Just another thing that occurred to me on this is, you know, I got to listen to a podcast by Alan Mullaly through Vistage that I'm a part of now. And so it was an exclusive interview discussion with Alan Mullaly with Vistage coaches. And he said something that really resonated with me that I just super simple and powerful. And he said, you know, anybody wants to know three things about their leader. Number one, who are you? Mm. Who are you leader? Why are you here? You here for yourself to make money and for your own achievement? Or are you here for the common good in the service of something bigger, right? Who are you and why are you here? That's number one. Number two is, okay, leader, where are you going? Where are we going? Mm. Like, what's your vision? Where are we going? And how do you think we're going to get there? Vision strategy. That's number two. And then the third question is, do you see me? So who are you? Where are we going? And do you see me? I'm on your team. Can I help you achieve this thing? Do you know who I am? Do you acknowledge and respect what I'm bringing to the table? Yeah. And I think that's a really powerful message in terms of leadership. And it, and it, can, it doesn't necessarily have to be the relationship between a boss and a subordinate. It could be two or three guys. Right. Now, who are you? No. Where are you going? No. How are you going to get there? And do you see me? And vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a that's a good it's a good model, good thing for us to keep in mind. Yeah. I love, I love that. Yeah. And Alan Malena, he's the CEO of Ford and used so, to be well, yeah. voted the best CEO in the world. Yeah. <laughs> best executive. And he jokes well, like, well, I'm not better than the Pope, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I'm number two. Yeah, no, a lot of wisdom. I love it. Thank you for significant uh, success. Yeah. 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 I, that's, I think that's really good. And, and that's, you know, I think something that several guys have called out about F3 is, um, you know, like two step, right. So it's like, I I see you, right. That's why he does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love this message about that. So Um, good. Just the, just the, you know, kind of willingness to see other guys for who they are, where they are, um, I love that. I, I am curious if you have any any thoughts or encouragement, advice for for the packs as, as new guys come in, or even just engaging with the the large number of guys that are posting regularly. I mean, any advice there? Or I, I guess maybe what what are some things we could do to really help a guy know that we do see him? How how do we do that? 
Oh man, I think we do a pretty good job with it. And then a new guy comes on board. There's a lot of love initially. Welcome and cheer his name. And at the end, we cheer his name again. And afterwards, people follow up and you know go see him and talk to him. And that's it. Just do more of that. Um, and just keep pulling them in the next time they show up. Remember his name. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Like remember his name. And that, that can be a tricky thing to do if we just make that a conscious effort and make a note. Uh, it, it can work pretty easy. Um, yeah, and get curious. I mean, that's that would be another thing is if you're talking to somebody, like get authentically curious. It's like, who is this person? Tell me your story. Yeah. Where are you from? Who are you? You have family, you have kids. Tell me your story. Why, what brought you? That All of that. Yeah. And I know we do it. Um, so maybe just do it more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm I'm always, you know, when a new guy shows up, if I get the, the opportunity to be in their group, I'm always like, okay, I got to help this guy. My goal is help them to come up with the, the right story to tell in the circle to get a good name, you know? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, what's your favorite sports name? Sports team, like be, be sure not to name your favorite sports team would right. be if a cyclone might give us like, no, don't say there's certain things. <laughs> right, right, right. What's, uh, yeah, that's good. There's a lot of stuff that we could we could talk about. And, you know, I think I, I want to respect your time, but I also want to know, um, you know, something that, and I wish Tony was here because he really added this component to our, our discussions with folks. But, you know, what what about for you? You know, I know you got a lot going on. You've got, uh, you know, family stuff or and work stuff. And, but as we see you out there in the gloom, what what could we be encouraging you with, or how could we be supporting, encouraging you? Yeah, thank you for asking this. One of the coolest things of your podcast that you guys ask this question. It's really very, very good. Um, I'm a blessed man, Plague. I'm a very blessed man. I have much to be grateful for. We're healthy, kids thriving. Got a great relationship with my wife of 31 years coming up. Oh, that's awesome. Got good friends. You know, um, a great house and a great job and a purpose in life. So there's little to walk for. Mm. Um, so your your question uh, is a little tricky, and I knew you were going to ask me. So here I'll say this: I am um, I'm pretty distractible. Okay. You know, I want I want to do lots of stuff, and therefore sometimes maybe. I have a little hard time focusing, <laughs> oh. getting the most important things done. You know, we go through our day and get done and then his day is like, man, I was in my office all day. But I'm not sure what the hell I accomplished today. <laughs> it's not like I was on social media all day, right. just doing all the random noisy things. Mm. So I, I need to, I need to be better like at focusing on the most important things in, in my own personal discipline in that work yeah you know like i get up and i go work out every morning and i and that's pretty good discipline for me and i have my routines but man i need to go to bed earlier yeah. <laughs> i yeah. really do need yeah. to eat a little healthier uh and in my work I, I there's some things i need to say no to and i need to focus on the critical important stuff so that that's what i would ask for you know personally yeah encouragement and Helping me with my focus and personal discipline. Yeah. Well, we'll be sure to ask you. Well, I'll a lot say, of work to do with that. Yeah. I'll, say, I'll ask you, what did you get done yesterday? What time did you go to bed? That would be good. Yeah. I'd be like, shit, I don't know. <laughs> Let me think about it. Let me go back. What did I do? Yeah, uh, 
Procrastinate on Purpose was a book I recently read about about that. How do you, uh, you know, kind of say no, you know, delegate or schedule the things, you know, and, and um, so that may be one for you to check out. But it's man. funny. Yeah, totally. I would love to read that book. That sounds really good because there's a spirit to that. And we are addicted to our devices and all these things and having, you know, discipline to put that away and have, you know, real human time is important. Um, and it's funny and ironic because and my wife calls me out on this more than sh she needs to probably, but she's like, maybe you should maybe practice what you preach a little bit, you know, as my office is a mess and I coach people around, you know, workplace organization. It's like, how about you apply that to your own world? You know, and, and, and I, the other thing that resonated with me, as you told me the story about that book was one of the things we, we talk about with leadership teams when they're setting strategy is you have to decide. Where are you going to focus on? Yeah. And if you study the entomology of the word decide, it's pretty cool because the last four letters is C-I-D-E, side. And it sounds like herbicide, fungicide, homicide, all those words mean to kill. Mm. And to decide means to kill the thing you're not going to do. Yeah. So you can focus on the thing you're going to do. Oh, I love that. That's good. And it's, it's funny because I preach it and I coach it, but it's like, hmm, you need to look in the mirror, brother. Yeah. I can do a better job of that myself. Well, we, we got a lot. Yeah. yeah, we got a lot when we see you out there. Um, and this has been a pleasure. I, I do think, you know, just in this short time, I mean, just uncovering your your story and clearly your your wisdom and passion around coaching others. So I hope guys, when they see you, they ask you about your to-do list or your, you know, uh, what time you went to bed. And then I, I also do really hope, you know, as guys are listening, if they're needing or, or wanting some coaching and leadership, I hope they reach out to you because I, I I think I might. I've got that on, on my list. I need some one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching. But um, I will uh, we'll take us out in Namorama. Sound good? Let's do it. All right. Uh, Brandon Fleahardy, 36, The Plague. Plague. Virtual fist bump. Yeah. Jesse Priest, 54. Total control. <laughs> deep, deep respect. Deep, deep. When was your birthday? <laughs> you just had a birthday? Yeah. August 1st. August 1st. Well, happy belated. Yeah. 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 Thanks I didn't get a note in my car like Vandalay. They reminded me to remember today you're 52. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Thanks for your time today, man. This has been great.